0: there. Uh, Before we read this, teenagers, you can be dismissed uh, with Sister Grace. We have our Marvel Youth Ministries on Sunday nights. So if you guys uh, will go with Sister Grace. And while you're doing that, we have a special birthday. This is Samantha Workman. Her birthday is Tuesday, correct? She'll be 21 years old. And so we're excited for her. So let's sing happy birthday. We always sing happy birthday, God bless you, instead of the person's name. So let's sing on three. Last week was her husband's birthday. We sang to him. So it would only be fair to sing to you, all right? (laughs) Happy Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. I have a hard time singing that because I think of uh, what's the movie with the animals in the zoo? <laughs> like uh, you smell like a monkey and you look like one too. Whatever you were know what talking about. What's that? What's that? Just, uh, Madagascar. That's what it is. We got a missionary to Madagascar, so so I didn't sing that. You know that? Uh, what really? <laughs> Let's bring it back. Ready? <laughs> Remix. Vicky, <laughs> Brother, Brother Murphy, ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, we love to celebrate here at ABC. Thanks for letting us know that. That's uh, a good time. It's good to laugh, isn't it? Do it good, like a medicine. The Bible says, First uh, Thessalonians chapter five. It reminds me now that that singing and just laughter reminds me of the the ungrateful father uh, took his family to church one Sunday. They were looking for a new church home and father was a very negative and ungrateful person, and he and his wife and two kids, they went, and during the service, the father sat there with a the stone faced and he did not seem to be happy, and after church, they got into the car, and the little boy, he's about 10 years old, and he was a real pistol, and he told it like it is, and the father is just giving that church the business, and the preacher did this, and the singing was that, and all this stuff was wrong, and they had this, and they had this, and I was just sick of that place, and the little boy piped up from the back. He said, gee, Dad, I thought it was pretty good. We got all that stuff, and when that plate came around, you only had to pay a quarter for all of that. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Uh, thinking about that this evening. First Thessalonians chapter 5, I want to preach this message or some variation of this message just about every year at Thanksgiving. And I think it's necessary, and not because I uh, wrote this message, but because the Lord gave it to me and through his words, that Thursday is Thanksgiving. And though biblically Thanksgiving is not a holiday uh, that we have as a Christian, right? It is an awesome time to remember as a Christian what Christ did for us on the cross. It is an awesome reminder of what he does daily. It's easy for us to be angry or to get upset, but it's very difficult for us to rejoice sometimes when things are going on. But Paul reminds those Philippian believers, hey, listen, rejoice always. He says it in chapter 4, but he had just told them in chapter 3 that we're always rejoicing, uh, rejoicing. It's a continual state of being joyful and of having gladness because we have God in our lives. You think of Barnabas. We know that Barnabas was full of, of joy and that he was a, a well-favored man in his manner of life, that he was just a, a pleasure to be around We take from Acts chapter 5 and other verses in Acts and chapters in Acts. But be a Barnabas and not a bother. Amen. Be a Barnabas and not a bother. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, Bible says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. That's so important because it says in what things? Let's say it. Repetition deepens the impression. In everything. Let's okay, Danielle's with me. The rest of you, I don't know. Let's let's say it. In everything. Everything give thanks. That means everything in your life. Remember we talked about a couple of weeks ago that sometimes your sickness or sometimes sickness in your family, sometimes that is done just like Lazarus died and was rose from the grave. Jesus said, this was done not for my sake, but for your sakes, that God may be glorified and that you see the power and the strength of God. Sometimes we come into infirmities or divers afflictions so that God can heal us or Listen, this is so important because people want to be healed from everything. People want to be pulled out of the flames and everything. But those children back in those Hebrew children back in Daniel, they're in the fiery furnace and Jesus didn't pull them out. But he got in there with them. Sometimes you'll be in the middle of the fire. And he won't take it away from you, but it'll be right there beside you. So the Bible continues on there and it says uh, <clears throat> this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so it's specific in everything we should give thanks Because it's the will of God. That's what God wants from us. God is a thankful God. Therefore, his people should be a thankful people. People around you will recognize you or begin to recognize you by your attitude of gratitude. And thankful simply means pleased or grateful. Pleased or grateful. It's very important. A couple of thoughts this evening. Number one, God is thankful for you, God is thankful for his creation. You say, how do I know that God is thankful? Let's turn to Psalm 147, verse 11. Psalm 147, verse 11. God is thankful for his most beloved creation, which is mankind itself. God loves that uh, he created us, but he more so loves that we are saved, that we have believed. So those who have believed upon God, it's the will of God that all men should be saved. We know from 2 Peter. But once we are saved, God is thankful and gives thanks to For that or shows that he is pleased or grateful for those decisions. Psalm 147 verse 11. The Lord taketh pleasure or is thankful in them that fear him. Not fear him like we're afraid that he's going to do something to us for harm. Fear him in reverence and respect For him, that we've respected him enough because when somebody rejects the gospel, what they're actually doing is telling God the father that he's a liar, that Jesus Christ is not truly a son. But when somebody accepts the gospel and accepts that Jesus Christ is a son, God the father is thankful and pleased by that saying because there's nothing worse. I don't know, men, women, there's nothing worse than somebody calling you a liar when you're not. I I don't want anybody to call me a liar when I know I'm telling the truth. And so God's saying, I know that Jesus Christ is my only begotten son, that this is my beloved whom I have sent to pay for your sins and put the iniquities of all mankind upon his shoulders. And when you say that you don't believe that, when you reject that, then God says you're calling me a liar. And we know that God should be true and that every man a liar from Romans 3, our study on Wednesday nights. It goes on here and says that he takes pleasure, is thankful for those that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. For those of us who have the blessed hope, we know that his mercy is the reason why we stand. Without the mercy of God today, you would not be here because God would have rendered you helpless and would have went ahead and took care of you. He would have offed you. He would have squashed you because of your sin. God would have severed you, but instead he severed his son. Think about that. His son took your place. He's thankful for you. God is thankful for his original creation. We know that it was good, that it was perfect. Man messed it up and now we are born into sin. Each one of us is a sinner. But God is so thankful for us that he sent his son to save us and cleanse us so that we can be together someday. The only way that we can be with God the Father is through his son Jesus Christ. There is no going around the cross or stepping over the cross. You must go through the cross of Christ to find Togetherness and relationship with the Father. We were born to sin, but we have the choice to be greater than sin by accepting and being thankful for the gift of eternal life. Whose gift is it to give? Well, it's the Lord's, and so the Lord is very thankful for when somebody accepts it. How many of you, coming close to this Christmas season, enjoy giving gifts? Yeah. When you give gifts, uh, you know, <clears throat> in my life as I get older and as I as I think about my kids and things like that my wife has to calm me down because we get things and we go shopping and I want to give it to them that day and she's like we gotta wait it's like two months away but if you know my wife she's meticulous and she starts shopping December 26th every year and I gotta wait a whole another 350 some odd days right 360 some odd days before I can uh give them this new gift right she's like oh there's good sales the day after Christmas so let's give them this the next Christmas." I gotta wait that long, Lord forbid it's a leap year. Now, <clears throat> what happens is this God is so thankful. He wants to give this gift, he wants to have this eternal life given. But God is the greatest gift giver. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And so God is excited when somebody accepts that. So everybody here tonight that's saved, God was thankful that you got saved. He took pleasure. God is thankful for his creation. In James chapter 1, verse 18, you don't have to turn there, but the Bible says, of his own will. Remember what it said in First Thessalonians that it's God's will that, that we would be thankful people. God says, of his own will begat he us, or bore us, with the word of truth in a new life, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. First fruits are the very best. The firstfruits are the first thing that were picked off the vine and given the Israelite farmers and just farmers in general, uh, Far East and ancient times they would bring the very best to the king. They wouldn't bring the bruised apple, the bruised banana, the bruised fruit. They would bring the juicy, sweet, the best one they had, and lay it before the throne. God says, through His Son, Jesus Christ, the very best thing that God has created. Jesus wasn't created. He made creation. Amen? The Bible says that all things were made by Him. Without Him, is not anything made that was made. So, what the best thing that God can get for us is a redeemed soul. Amen. The best thing that God can get... The best present God will ever get is when one sinner turns from sin, confesses Jesus Christ, believes in their heart. That is the first fruits of creation. God is thankful. God is thankful for his Christ. Stay with me now. Colossians 1.19. Colossians 119. God is thankful for his Christ. I'm just trying to give you the Lord's picture of what it looks like. For God to be thankful and why it is his will that we are thankful because he's the perfect example. If God's doing something, then we ought to be trying to do it too. Now, everything that we can do on this side of heaven, we know we can't do supernatural things without the power of the Holy Spirit, obviously. But if God is doing it or says it's a great characteristic, then we should want that characteristic. If God is thankful, has an attitude of gratitude, then we should want that characteristic too. Be holy as I am holy. Part of our holiness is being thankful people. God is thankful for his Christ. Colossians 119 says, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now, stay with me. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him, speaking of Christ, to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. This is very, very hard to even spit out because I think of Jesus and what he did for us but do you know that God here is saying that we know that he says this is my beloved son who uh, I'm well pleased but God is thankful for his Christ because though Christ is God he's also manifested as man in the plan of salvation realize this in order for you to be saved somebody in the Trinity had to leave heaven Jesus willingly took that punishment. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He did it on purpose. Jesus said, Daddy, I'll go. Those people down there, they can't do it on their own. They can't get salvation. They'll never get back to you, Daddy. You made them and and they came out of you, but now they've got sin that separated them and they'll never be able to get back to you unless somebody goes and pays the price for it. And what I'm saying to you is here when it says it pleased the Father that that, that in him should all the foolish dwell. What he's saying is, Somebody had to take on the form of man. Somebody had to be tempted. Somebody had to be to be uh, scoffed at. Somebody had to suffer. Somebody had to die. And it pleased the Father that Jesus Christ took that upon himself. Christ said, I'll do it. Thy will be done, Father. Remember the garden as Jesus is praying. And he's saying, if this cup shall pass, nevertheless, Lord, nevertheless, Father, Thy will be done. Jesus is sweating blood, crying tears. He's in the garden and he's praying. He's saying, I know, Father, that this was our plan. If there's any other way, we'll do it. But Lord, uh, Father, I know that this is the plan. And so your will be done. I'll go for it. Don't you know that God, the Father, pleased him? He was thankful that his son Jesus stepped up and took on the sin of mankind. Think about that as an amazing thought for a moment. How many fathers in here, or how many people in general, can think to yourself that you would be thankful to give your son or daughter for someone else to live? I think of our armed services and our military folks. You ever been to a military funeral? And you've seen them roll up the flag, or to a law enforcement, and they roll up the flag, and they give it to the widow or to the family member there, and it's a, it's a, for me, it's a surreal moment because when I'm there and I'm doing a funeral, what I often think of is we salute those people and we have Veterans Day and we should certainly respect them and love them. And I love law enforcement, military, and I think that's awesome. Those people, their, their sons and daughters have willingly went and fought wars and willingly done certain things and have died for our country, for our freedoms. And I want you to know that's awesome because they've died for our earthly freedoms. But how much more the King of all kings, Jesus Christ, who died for our eternal freedom. An amazing thought, isn't it? And sometimes veterans come from different places, various places around the earth, and sometimes they go. I had friends that joined. Uh, we were in college during the, the second Iraqi freedom war or the second Iraqi war, Iraqi freedom, and, and they would Young folks of my age were joining the military and they were doing it because they wanted to fight for our country and they were real patriots. Some guys I knew were in the 82nd Airborne and flew into Baghdad and were there when they toppled the statue of Saddam Hussein. I remember watching it on the news and I thought those are my friends and I'm so thankful for them. How much more thankful should we be for Jesus who toppled the statues of sin in the mortuary of death? who took on the grave head on and took the devil by his horns and said no more devil I'm going to separate this, this death and this lies and this penalty forever for all those who believe and you don't have any barrier and you don't have anything to say about it how much more thankful do you think the Father God is for that how much more thankful should we be for that number three God is thankful for his crucifixion and just that this morning we received and participated in observing the Lord's Supper the Lord's Supper is to be done as oft as you will, as we talked this morning, and it is in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Look at Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Jesus Christ was crucified. He was really crucified. Brother Quentin Murphy and I were speaking on the way in tonight. We were talking and spoke about the cross there, about the punishment Jesus took upon himself. I want you to understand that Jesus didn't just simply go to the cross, or didn't simply just go to a gas chair or to an electric chair, but all the way to the cross, Jesus was beaten up and down the via Del Rosa. That all the way to the cross, Jesus stumbled and stammered, and was dehydrated and was bleeding out profusely after being whipped in his back with tools that would rip skin out of his back. Jesus was planted with the Crown of thorns that would stick into his face. And Brother Brandon Black, we ordered a real crown of thorns for our Easter drama last year. He uh, played Christ in our play, and it was a real crown. And we had to put something on your head, right? Because it was so pointy that it would really stick you and make you bleed. They slammed that on Jesus' head. They blindfolded him. They filled his beer out and they spat on him and they punched him in his side and they called him names and they reviled him. And they did all those things. And he did that because. Everything that was done to Jesus was done because of our sin. And so Jesus had to take it all upon him. Jesus had to really die to show mankind how serious he was. That's why they call it the passion of Christ. Are you that passionate about the Christ? I want you to understand today that Jesus, himself being God, thanked the Father, in essence, for giving him a physical body, We're giving him real blood, and he was born to die. Luke 22, verse 19 says, And he took bread and gave thanks, and break it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body. Stop. Look what Jesus just did. This is God and man. Jesus, in the form of man, but still being fully God, took the bread, and what we miss here in this is he gave thanks. What was he giving thanks for? When you give thanks before you eat, you're giving thanks for the food that's been provided. What was Jesus giving thanks for? Give thanks for the bread. He's the bread of life. Jesus was giving thanks and he break it and I believe that that break it there is signifying how his body would be broken for our sin Jesus was thankful that he had a physical earthly manifested body that it would take the suffering and the bruises for our sakes that it would be crucified dead and buried and rise again the third day Jesus was thankful for and so as he did this, he says, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus didn't get a body for his sake. He didn't get a body for the father's sake. He got a body that was broken for our sake, And he's thankful for it. That's an amazing thought. Now, you know us Christians, none of us are saying, Lord, thank you for letting me sprain my ankle. That was a good day, Lord. Do you know what, Lord? Thank you for letting me be broke. Thanks for, thanks for that check going in and going right back out. Anybody else got those kind of problems? You never actually see your money. It touches the bank account and all of a sudden you say, where'd it go? Poof. It's like magicians are working down there at Chase Bank or something. I don't know what's going on with my money. It's funny, but anyway. You ever thanked God for something wrong, for something bad? You ever thanked God for affliction in your life? Jesus just did. Sometimes I think we ought to thank God for things that go wrong in our lives. Because I think that he's trying to teach us something or tell us something. And sometimes we should say, Lord, thank you for helping me to grow through this. Help, thank you for letting me speak. You ever heard somebody say, don't make the same mistake twice? I'm a big believer in that. When I was being trained as a pastor, uh, Brother Ben worked for him too. And Brother Tim for a little bit there. <clears throat> and Brother Brandon as an intern. Uh, when we was working for our, our, my training pastor, Pastor McInerney, uh, Pastor of Bible Baptist Church, Savannah, Georgia, he could be a hard man at times. And he learned, and I learned, that I would not make the same mistake twice, partially because of fear. I was afraid he was going to fire me, or I don't know, kill me or something. I don't know, someday he got mad. I don't know what was going to happen. Brother Ben does, I was like, oh Lord, what's going to happen, he's going to shoot me. But what I learned was this, he never got mad if I learned from my mistakes. If I stopped, if I did something wrong the first time, and then he told me that was wrong, Bryson, right? That's what he calls me, and I didn't do it again, he knew I learned from that. And then in four short years, he saw fit to ordain, have me ordained through the church and to be able to send me out to start a church. God says, Hey, listen, I'm just asking that you thank me, that you learn from your mistakes because it cost my son his whole life. It cost him his blood, his body. He says, Hey, pray for the blood we pray for the body. Now he prays for the blood. This cup is the New Testament. It's a new covenant. It's a new promise between you and I in my blood, which is shed for you. I'm going to bleed out. I'm going to get stabbed in the side with a spear, and everything is going to come out of me. I am going to literally have nails. We're not talking about nails that you can get from Do It best hardware down here. We're talking about old, nasty, rusty stuff. Stakes. You think about a large tent stake and taken with an old hammer, a metal iron hammer with a mallet and struck down and right through the hands of Christ on both hands, right through the feet of Christ. And that Jesus says, my blood is shed for you. He did all that. for you, he? And he was thankful for it. I can't even imagine. See, Jesus is blessing the food and the microbe. But ultimately, he is thanking the father for sending him to be a substitutionary sacrifice on the cross for us. Jesus was so thankful and we can turn there, turn, keep turning in the book of Luke here. Go to chapter 24. Jesus was so thankful that on the Emmaus walk, you've heard of the Emmaus road or Emmaus walk, he he blessed the food again. And that's how they recognized who he was. You see Cleophas and his wife are walking down here and, uh, in verse, let me see here, <clears throat> chapter 24, and go on down to 20, 30, 30, 30. So he's walked with them, he's talked with them, he's kind of asked them some questions like, hey, uh, you know, what, what's going on here? What's going on around here? They're like, you haven't heard, Jesus Christ has died? And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, they take him on in the house and let's eat. He took bread and he blessed it. Sound familiar? And he broke and he gave to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. You know what I believe about that verse? I believe they had been around Jesus and sat at the feet of Jesus and his teachings and heard Jesus pray and seen how thankful he was to the Father. Look through the New Testament. Jesus is continually thanking and blessing the Father. And giving credit to the father. He's continually pleased and thoughtful. The father is continually saying how pleased he is in his son. They remember they heard the thundering down from heaven. And Jesus said this came for y'all's sake too. I talked to my daddy all the time. Now y'all don't heard him. You think something really special is going on. I talked to him all the time. He did that for y'all. But watch. Jesus says their eyes were open. He vanished out of their sight. You know I believe that they knew who Jesus was by the way he prayed thankfully. Because he was a thankful person. Wouldn't it be amazing that if people knew how mature and how awesome our God was because of your thankful attitude in living? Not just your prayers, but the way you live your life. Hey, let me just keep it all the way real with you. I think the kids, I don't know if it's still popular. I'd have to ask them after they got a youth group, but the kids might say 100. They don't say 100, but they say we keep it 100. I don't know what that means, but we don't keep it 100. All right, watch. Jesus doesn't want us to be downtrodden, to have our head down, to be complainers, to be whiners, to be poor mouthers, to always be in the state of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Jesus wants us to be up, vibrant, thankful. Jesus wants us to be walking around saying, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. Hey, my dad used to tell stories about he had five brothers or he had five siblings and he was the oldest dad would tell stories about how when they were little, uh, they, they didn't have all the things and they were poor, but they were always clean. And my dad always tells the stories that my grandma, even though she couldn't afford new shoes and sometimes their clothes were poking through, she was thankful that they just had soap that they could clean up. Was thankful that there was just food on the table. And even though their clothes were tattered and worn and down on the Ohio River, and sometimes they had to go and catch fish or turtles or whatever they could find to eat. And they were so poor at that site in their life, in that time in their life. And soon certainly God has prospered them since then. But I can remember my dad and, and my grandma told me these stories too. And my grandpa told me these stories, and he'd be working two or three jobs that they were just thankful that something was on the plate. Well, that's just an earthly story, but let me say to you, no matter how bad we got it. Jesus gave thanks and lifted his head to heaven during his earthly ministry as our example. And so we ought to learn from the Father's thankfulness, from Jesus' thankfulness. And even in hard times, we must and we need to remain thankful. That's what I'm reminded of in thanksgiving, in order to be pleased and to give it back out. See, thanksgiving isn't just to be thankful and keep it in. Thanksgiving is what's giving, that you're giving it back out, that everybody else around you, Know that you're thankful for something and you're giving that off. You're giving that off as a radiant being for other people to receive and to see that you're thankful. And when God's people show that they are thankful, we get great verses from the Bible like Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Yet is an adverb. It's a conjunction. It means that the very same time and so sometimes in your life you might say you know what Yet i have some sickness going on but yet yeah, i'll serve the lord you might say "Yet i've got something going on in my personal relationship yet i will serve the lord you may have something going on in your life and you say i don't have everything that i want yet i will serve the lord thanksgiving is not about what you have when you get it Thanksgiving about what's in your heart and you giving it back and showing everybody that your God is bigger than any problem that could ever exist. That's what Thanksgiving is. This Thanksgiving, I call upon you as you're watching the peanuts and Charlie Brown have a turkey. I call upon you as you're eating your turkey and mac and cheese and green beans and sweet potato pie and whatever it is, and maybe you have nowhere to go. I would call upon you today to think about the little child in Haiti today who has nothing, who has no home, who has no parents, who has nothing there, who is in devastation, who needs more, but they have a smile on their face when a missionary comes through and just gives them a simple little soccer ball. I want you to think about the person who's sick today dying of cancer, who's on their death and they have no hope in them. The doctor said, that it's terminal, and there's no getting better from this, but they still have a smile on their face and they put on a good face because they're saved and they know that someday they'll be with Jesus and they continue to plunge forward. I want you to think today of the people who are in the darkest, most depraved, dirtiest places in all the world and they may have nothing at all and they may have no portions of the Bible. They may have just one little piece of Bible and they hold on to it with all of their strength and all their might and they're so thankful for that, but we get to walk around here with a whole canon of scripture, with clothes on our back, a warm place to go. I want you to be thankful. I can do it because we're here, but I want you to be thankful for Inglewood Elementary School, that we can come into this place and even though we have to set up and tear down and move here and move there and take trash out and we don't have great visibility and put a sign in the ground, I want you to be thankful that God has provided a place for us that we can come and worship Jesus. How many of you did I know this time last year? How many of you do I know now? And all I'm saying to you is there's something to be about. Be thankful for the people in your life. I told the Murphys today I'm very thankful for them because you can never have too many good people in your life. I got plenty of bad people walking around the streets of Dayton in my life. So anybody that's good in my life, I tell them I love them and I want to keep them around for as long as they like to stay around. You see, We need more people in our life. We need more people that are doing things that we need to be thankful for. People don't like to be around ungrateful people. People like to be around thankful people. And I'm calling upon you today because our God is thankful because he's thankful for for his son Jesus Christ, for his blood, his crucifixion, his life, for his own thankfulness, that you and I are to be thankful. We are to be a thankful people, and we are to rejoice always, and again, I say rejoice. The sense of the word rejoice, again, means this, that you are always continually in gladness, In the actual sense of the word in the Greek means that it's a greeting or a glad glad-tiding, tidings. glad tidings to you, and so when you see somebody in the Bible, they greeted people with holy kisses. I don't want none of y'all guys trying to bust me down with a slaw. I'm just telling you right now that it's okay when I see you give me a hug and say, I love you, brother. I saw Sister Helen the other day and I said, I love you, sister. And I don't say that literally. I love her as a sister in Christ because I'm thankful for her because she works and she's here and she said I gotta get to church tonight and she came over and all these things, I'm thankful for Miss Samantha and her birthday and for all the things that her and her children do and her daughter Saria is leading our Northmont Bible study she brought another visitor last week and we've seen it grow from two to eight and we keep on growing that thing in just six weeks, I'm thankful for a young lady who would go to the teachers and hang out flyers and ask that she could talk about Jesus Christ in the public school I'm thankful for those things, I'm thankful for Brother Brian and Sister Megan They get up and they get here at 7.30 every Sunday morning and they set up and they have everything ready to make sets up the welcome center, the nursery, all by herself. Every single week she does that, day in and day out. I'm thankful for it and she's thankful that she's able to do it because she loves God. I'm thankful for Dwight and Amy because they come here as a deacon family and they say, who can we visit, Pastor? Who can we go out and see to further advance the kingdom? I'm thankful for Dwight doesn't have to be asked to go out and greet or to count or to do this or Sister Amy doesn't have to be asked. We baptize two people on Wednesday night if you didn't know it. Praise the Lord. The Lord is moving here, splashing down on the portal of Baptist Street, right outside of Alabama Street. know, I am very care who sees we're going to do it again. We're going to keep on plunging everybody that's saved and wants to be baptized. But I'm thankful. Sister Amy said, nah, preacher, I got it. Give me the towel. I'll take a home and wash myself. She didn't ask for any detergent. She didn't ask for any fabric solvers. She just took it. She did it. I'm thankful for my cousin, Denise Abernathy, who comes here. She says, hey, Sister Changer, how can I bless the Christmas banquet? How can I give a little gift? She made Easter baskets for every single kid in the church last year and handed it out of our own money she didn't for anything, I'm thankful we ought to testify about some things going on in our lives today, somebody ought to say minutes. amen all I'm saying to you is if our God is thankful, shouldn't we be thankful this is a time of thanksgiving show somebody that you're thankful and give it back out in that fashion amen. Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings there's never going to be another one praise God in heaven, he's coming back someday I'm thankful for that Someday we're going to rule and reign with him from his power seat in King David's throne and Jerusalem. And we're going to be sitting there with him. We're going to be going, oh Jesus, this is good stuff because everything's going to be perfect. It's going to be 75 degrees and sunny. And Jesus is going to be ruling with a rod of iron. And there's no sickness. There's no famine. But Jesus, is like, oh, y'all ain't seen nothing. This just happens for a little thousand years in this millennial kingdom. But some going to happen every day and every day. And in 10,000 years, we got 10,000 reasons to celebrate. Because in 10,000 years, we'll still be here doing the same thing. I told Brother Ben, I used to like to play hoops, to dunk a little bit. My knees don't do it anymore. But someday in heaven, I'm going to be dunking at 10,000 and three years old. When you look looking <laughs> back, at Brother are going and say, how is it like that? He's going to come down to the other end. He's going to go between the legs and slam dunk another one. We're all going to be like LeBron in heaven. And I'm telling you tonight, matter of fact, we're going to be better than that. We're going to be Kobe. Now, listen, I want you to all to understand this evening. See those little babies that right? are like coming here and have the wine? We got those little babies here. I mean, you know there are some churches, and I never want really to get to a place like this, and I'll say this to you, and I don't have any doubt or fear. And I don't say this nasty, I say this truth. You ever get to a point where the little kids get on your nerves because they're making noise in the service, and we have a nursery that's sick, and we have to pull them in here? You ain't going to like this church anymore. Because the little kids are always going to be welcome, and I'm always going to put them first. Love because the Bible says, some of the little children are coming to me. They are the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 35, 40 years, some of y'all, even me, yeah. could be gone. And I need Charlie Erickson to stand up here upon taking the mantle and say, I'm going to win some people. ABC, you might die preacher, but ABC ain't going nowhere because we're thankful for Jesus Christ and we're thankful for this church. Uh, someday, uh, Sister Robin Erickson, she's going to get home, and she, she may not be able to run Sunday school, and I'm going to need a little Tessa. and to step up and say, you know what, I can't see over this pool paper, and I'm not that tall, and I'm going to teach everybody <laughs> talking about Jesus this morning. I'm just talking about Jesus tonight. You better be thankful for those little kids. See, that represents a healthy church. I was telling Brother Dwight this morning, when we were talking, hey, the fact that we have anybody show up here on Wednesday night and Sunday night, means it's a healthy church. Because the church plate, middle of public school, dead of cold winter, the people to show up and be in here tonight, sing out the hymn book. God moves. you got to be thankful for that. It ain't like it's everywhere, trust me. I've been to a lot of churches now with last few years of deputations. And I'll tell you, some of the bigger churches and some of the churches that people would think from the outside that are the best, they don't got to be good. I'll say it to you this way. I'm not going to talk about that team up north because I despise him. But their coach, before he was, I guess he was always a graduate of that team, but when he was with the 49ers, his brother is a coach for Baltimore Ravens, and they were famous because their dad would ask them this question, the whole family, as they were growing up, would rally around, and their dad would say, who's got it better than us? And they would answer back, "No." So those two coaches took that to their respective football teams, I believe to this day, and they would ask their teams, who's got it better than us? Now, I don't like to do anything that that team up north does, but I'll take it from their dad and say this. We ought to think, who's got it better than us? There are far better pastors than me and far better preachers than me. There are far more skilled and crafty people in churches, I'm sure. But God put us here. He put us right here. He put me with you, you with me, you with each other. And I'm thankful for it. God said, hey, my son Jesus died for your sins. You need to live forever. And I can just see the father looking down at all of his children and say, who's got it better than us? Would you say back to God, oh my. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we are Thankful. You've allowed us into your house tonight. You've allowed us to...